morning. It's so wonderful to be together again, and we're blessed to be able to assemble and worship God and fellowship and praise to Him. We're so thankful for this congregation, and we welcome everyone who are visiting. Thank you so much for being here and those of you joining us online. I want you to ask you a question to think about. You're all going to have some kind of answer in your mind. What does a typical day look like for a mom? Can you think about that? Moms may have different answers. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of different answers that we could talk about, but what would a typical day look like? Now, it might depend on uh, how old the kids are. It depends on how many kids there are. It would depend on other factors, like does she work outside the home? Does she have other things that she's obligated to outside of the home? And, and if so, what and how many? And what all are the kids involved in? There's a number of different factors that go into answering that question. But we all know one thing is true, and that is moms do a lot. Is that right? Moms do a tremendous amount. More than we recognize and realize, the, mo- the work of a mom never ends. When, we're, when the children are babies, it's usually mothers who hear their cries during the night. She usually doesn't sleep so deeply and soundly to where she can't hear the slightest noise that one of the babies makes. And when she hears the noise in her sleep, she knows what the baby needs. If it's a diaper, if the baby's hungry, whatever it might be. When they're older, it's the mothers who uh, know all the friends and know the parents of the friends and where they live and all the things they need to know about who the friends are. It's the mothers who cook our food and know our favorites, who maybe don't always cook our favorites, but they, they know when to and what to make us eat. Mothers remember birthdays and other special occasions and memories. Mothers don't forget that stuff. Dads often do, but mothers don't. Mothers know who their children's teachers are, where they go to school. They don't get the campuses mixed up. They know who their homeroom teachers are. They know when all the awards days and graduations and all the different special days are throughout the year. They know what clothes match with their kids. They know how to somehow get all the kids dressed and out of the house successfully. Maybe at the last minute, but somehow it all comes together. Mothers can kiss an injury and somehow magically make it all better. Mothers insist on taking pictures, but later we all appreciate them and enjoy looking at them. Mothers make sure beds are made and rooms are clean and that brothers and sisters treat each other right, don't they? Without mothers, we'd be in trouble, wouldn't we? The world would be colder, harder, dirtier, smellier, and hungrier. So I want us to talk about this morning in this brief series on family matters about what moms do. And we're going to kind of transition over the next few weeks into kids and then we'll end on Father's Day talking about dads and men and fathers. But we want to spend another week on looking at mothers and 
This really applies to all women in general, and I hope that you see that, but there are also some things that relate to moms, whether you're currently a mom, a mom of babies, a mom of grown kids, who have kids, who have kids. Uh, whatever your situation might be, I think that you will see that the Word of God has something for us in these passages. Proverbs 31 is an interesting chapter, and it's one that we commonly go to to look at what is a godly woman, what makes a godly woman, what are the characteristics of a godly woman, but we need to understand the context of Proverbs 31, that it is the words of a mother, a godly woman, that she either wrote or spoke to her son at some point. And her son, who is now a king. That's important that you understand that, that this isn't, this isn't God having Solomon, I want you to write this to all the women. This is how all the women need to act. That's not, now, that's not what the way this played out. This is a mom inspired by God because it's in Scripture. And Solomon, he wrote most of Proverbs, but not all of Proverbs. But as we see in chapter 30 and 31, Solomon, if he didn't write it, he collected the writings by God's guidance. The, these writings, these letters that, that had been written, inspired by God, and God saw fit to have them included in his holy scripture. And so chapter 31 of Proverbs is written by this son, King Lemuel. We don't know anything about him except that his name means belonging to God. Isn't that interesting? That his name means belonging to God. And it's likely, there's some other theories, but it's likely that he was a pagan king, not Israel, not of Israel. That he was a pagan king that at some point turned to God. And in reading chapter 31, you can imagine, I know why he turned to God. Because he had a godly mother who taught him about God. And, and he's living that out. And, she's, and, and he's recording these words, either that she wrote to him at some time or told him over a period of time. He recorded these words from his mother that we now have in Proverbs chapter 31. So we can still have complete confidence that every word of chapter 31 is inspired by God, even though it came about differently, as sometimes our poetry and other places in Scripture do, but we can nevertheless be certain that this is the divine-inspired Word of God. Now we see in verses 1 through 9 that these are a mother's words to her son, who's now a king, and she's writing to him about how to be a godly king how to be godly, how to honor God in his role as king. You see, her words run contrary to the usual experience that we see with people in power then, in those days, and now. Because what's typical is that people use their power to, for their own gain, to gain more power and riches and wealth and possessions instead of for the good of other people. And she's writing, she's telling her son, here's how you be a king that honors God. And then in verses 10 through 31, she turns her attention to what kind of wife her son should look for. What are the qualities and characteristics that he ought to look for in a godly wife? And this is a king who, as far as we understand, 
could have probably had any woman as his wife or as many women as he wanted, as we know they did in those days a lot, as his wives. And yet, Mama's still telling him, Son, here's what you look for in a woman to be your wife. And so in verse 1, the Bible says that these, are an, these words are an oracle to Lemuel that his mother taught him. That word oracle, if that word is in your translation, means an utterance, a revelation. They are prophetic words and a solemn charge that she gives to her son to set him in the right way. And so that's, a, that's an alert to us when we read that 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 lets us know these are inspired words. These words are from God that she gave to her son. Now, in verse number two, there's a real interesting question, and oftentimes we just jump straight to the characteristics of women, but look at verse number two of Proverbs 31. And in the ESV, she repeats a question. In every translation, she repeats the question, but the way it's worded in the ESV and some other translations, she says, what are you doing, my son? What are you doing? What are you doing? Have you ever felt like your mom repeated herself? You ever thought, well, mom, she's, she's slipping, she's losing it because she just said that. I heard her say that, and she said that about five times now. Well, why do you think she said that so many times? Why is she telling her son, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Because she's stressing to him the importance of what she's talking about, of what she has to say to him. And she's trying to get him to stop and think and pay attention and examine his life. What are you doing with your life? What direction is your life going? What are the motivations of your heart? What are your your thoughts? What are your uh, 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 beliefs? What are you about? What are you doing with your life, my son? And she wants him to examine, to think about the now. He's a king. What are you going to do as king? What kind of king are you going to be? What kind of wife are you going to have? What kind of life are you going to live? Are you going to live a life that honors God or not? And so Proverbs 31 isn't just another to-do list for moms. It's not a to-do list to make you the perfect woman, the perfect wife. And while it does give us these qualities of what a godly woman is about, there's something we need to remember that this is, these are the words of a mom who's uh, likely older in years. And she's learned this wisdom over the course of a lifetime. Those of you who are older, older in the faith, have, can you look back on your life and see that I've learned some things. I've learned some godly wisdom from my mistakes, from my troubles, from my tragedies, from the ups and the downs. And now I sit here with more wisdom than I had back then. You see, that's... That's who this mom is. She's learned some things as as she's walked in this uh, life of faith with God. And now she has some wisdom and some qualities about her that she wants to share with her son. And she says, I want you to look for this kind of woman. So so understand, she, she didn't just say all of a sudden one day when she was 25 have all of these qualities. 
She had to grow and mature and gain them through wisdom and life experience and walking with God and not giving up in her faith. And then she gets to this point in life where she has, she has become this woman. See, she didn't write about the time she blew it, the time she lost her temper, the time she yelled over nothing, but she was upset, she's frustrated, the time she needed a break, the times when things weren't good, the times when she just didn't feel like it. Whatever it was, she didn't feel like it. The times when the house was a mess and she hadn't cooked in a while and, and all she needed was a break before she lost her mind. She didn't write about the times that she yelled at the kids for no good reason and that, uh, that she just wanted them to get dressed and, and get out the door so we could get to school and I could get to work. She didn't write about the, 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 the challenges she had with uh, caring for herself and her self-image and, 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 and having friends and, and feeling like she uh, was beautiful or worth much, that anyone cared about her. She didn't write about those times. She didn't write about times she was lonely or sad. She didn't write about the times her heart was broken. She didn't write about the times she just didn't feel good, but she had to keep on because she was mama and she was trying to live for God. And so she is a woman who if you could talk to her, she would say, I understand you. I, I, I know what you're going through right now. And she's a woman who you can relate to her because just because she didn't write about all the bad times and she's writing some important things to her son, communicating things to him, she's a woman you can relate to because she didn't get there overnight and she didn't get there without trouble and challenge and struggle with some downs along with the ups. She's absolutely a woman you can look up to, you can strive to emulate, you can relate to because you know she's wise and gained that through faithful life experience. This woman would understand you for sure, and she would encourage you to keep going. You'll get there. She, God does not intend for any woman, any mom, any wife to look at the Proverbs 31 woman as, this, as we you know, think about these perfect social media influencers on Instagram. He doesn't want you looking at this woman like one of those fake women. Let's be honest. It's done to make money. That's done for a side gig. And we, we, we forget that. We look at it and everything looks perfect. The house is clean and the couches are white. How, is the, how are there no dirty dishes in the house? How, is, how does your makeup look like that? How does your hair look like that? How do you always have new clothes on? You see, that, that's not real. And God doesn't intend for you to look at Proverbs 31 and think it's some, some person on Instagram with all these followers. And she's the one that we ought to look like and emulate. God uh, is not, did not give you Proverbs 31 uh, for that reason. She's not teaching productivity hacks. She's not teaching life hacks to you. She's not teaching you fashion tips and makeup skills and how to cook quick, fast, but healthy meals for your family. She's teaching about a life devoted to the service and glory of God. That's who this woman is. Look at Proverbs 31, verse 25. And, of course, read the whole chapter. We can't go through the whole chapter, but I want to highlight some things. Look at verse 25. Strength and dignity 
are her clothing. And she laughs at the time to come. Isn't that an interesting statement? She's someone whose courage gives others courage. They gain strength from her. They gain inspiration from her because strength and dignity are her clothing, not the false eyelashes and the spray-on tan. Strength and dignity. And a godly woman gains courage and strength from another godly woman. See, she's an example of how to live through the ups and the downs of life. And she can look to the future and laugh. You know why? Because she's not worried. Because her confidence and her security is in God and not in something else, not in something uh, uh, tangible of the flesh. It's in her faith in God is where her confidence is. Her trust is in God. Verse 26 says, she opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. We could say that she is truly a woman after God's own heart. And just like we want men to look at David and look at uh, uh, Paul and Peter and, of course, Jesus and, and say, be like them. Be like Josiah, as we studied in class this morning. And, and we can, man and woman, can learn from man and woman characters in the Bible. But, but she is somebody you can look to and say, I can do that. I can grow into that. I can be molded into that. I see specifically some tangible things, qualities that I can Adopt in my life. Now I want us to focus on verses 27 and 28. Look at verse 27 first. The whole chapter is important, but look at verse number 27. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. The New American Standard says it this way, she watches over the activities of her household. What does that mean? Sometimes in other places in, in the Old Testament, that word household only means the actual home, the physical home. But here that word household includes not only the physical home, but those who live in the home, the family. And, 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 the, uh, and she's writing and telling her son, and her son has uh, uh, recorded these words to say, Mama said, the kind of wife I need to look for is one who looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. She pays attention to what's going on in her house. So children, that's why your mom asks you a thousand questions. Where are you going? Who are you going to be with? Who's going to be there? What are y'all going to be doing? Is so-and-so going to be there? Are y'all going to be doing this? That's why she asks you, because she's trying to be a godly woman who looks well after the activities in her household. Why? Because she loves you. That's why she's going to look at your phone. That's why she can go in your room and look around. That's why she can talk to your friends and ask you those awkward questions when you just want to do face palm. Oh, my goodness. That's why, because she's mama and she's a godly woman. And she's looking well at the ways of her household. She's not eating the bread of idleness. She's alert to what her kids are doing and to how they're doing. That's why she cares about who, when you want to go somewhere, who you're going to go with, where you're going to be, and what you're going to be doing. 
because she loves you. And we learned last week that she's trying to raise you to be a follower of Jesus. What do moms do? Verse 27 tells us it's all about that moms are diligent and caring for their household, those in, their home, in, in her home and caring for her home. She provides a home. It's not just a house, it's a home. And when you're home, you're home with mama. There's something special about being there because she has created that kind of environment. The challenge seems only to get harder, though, doesn't it, moms? And those of you who are older and you've raised your kids and you're seeing your grandkids or great-grandkids and you're looking around and you see, those of you that are teachers, you've seen it change. We talked about that this morning in class. And you see that it's only getting harder to be a parent. With technology and smartphones and, and all of the stuff and all of the stuff going on in culture that we talked about, the challenges that we, we never saw before. It only gets harder and that's why your mom is looking after things so well because she knows what it's like out there. She's learned over the course of her life. So children, you need to thank God when you have a godly mom who's trying to teach you, who's trying to teach you to love God. She's trying to teach you how to be a follower of Jesus. She's caring for you and her home. She's paying attention to your life. Be that child whose mom doesn't care what they do who they're with and where they go. Let's them do whatever and doesn't even want to know about it. That person feels alone and unloved because mama isn't looking after them. Nowadays, so many women have to work outside the home just to make ends meet, just to, just to try to get ahead, and so that only makes it more hectic for moms, doesn't it? It only puts more pressure on moms. So, so fathers, now we're going to get to dads and men later, but, but let me say something here. In, we see in creation, in Genesis, that Eve was made as a helper for Adam. Is that right? Isn't that what the Bible teaches? And so if she's helping to provide financially for the family, what should you do? You ought to be helping in providing to take care of things around the house. You can pick that up. You can wash that. You can fix that. You can help take care of that. Did you know you could do that too? And so men, we've got to make sure, especially if she's helping with the income, that we're pitching in and doing as much as we can to help balance that out. And what does that do? That shows how much, and we're going to get to it, that shows how much you think of her and the godly woman that she is. Now, look at verse number 28. Her children, this is where I was talking about, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, he praises her. So verse 28 brings us near to the end of the chapter 31, and we see the fruits of her labors, that her children, they rise up and they call her blessed. Her husband praises her. Why? Because they recognize that they've got a godly mom and a godly wife, and she's looking well after the household, and she's striving to be, she's becoming, she's, she's, she's submitted to God to, to be the woman that God is, has created her to be, that God is molding her to be, and they see that. And all they can do is just bless her and praise her for who she is. Now, none of us are perfect, and, and children and dads, we don't do that enough. 
Husbands, we don't do that enough, and, and we need to do a better job to let these godly wives and women and moms know. And maybe, maybe your, your, uh, your, your, ch- your children are not in the house anymore. Maybe it's just you, but you've got children and younger people around in the church. They're around you, and they see you. And, and you may not realize it, sister, that you have a powerful influence in the lives of other mothers and women. And you have a wonderful opportunity to use that, that example, that wisdom that you've gained over the years of being faithful to God to encourage and help and teach others. But guess what? Younger moms, you've got to be willing to receive it, right? You've got to be open to it. You've got to be open to the relationship and the encouragement. You've got to make time. And I know you don't feel like you have any time, but you've got to open the door a little bit and let that relationship happen. And it's a beautiful thing, and that's part of what God has designed the church to do. Now look at verse number 29. This is what the husband says about her when he stands to praise her. He says, many women have done excellence excellently, but you surpass them all. What's he saying if we were to say that in our words today? He's saying, kids, y'all have got the best mama in the world, and I've got the best wife in the world. That's what we ought to be saying to our godly wives and godly mothers. And the chapter ends in verse number 30 and 31, but look at verse number 30. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. See, we go there and and we just isolate that one verse. We pick it out and we don't look at it in context. But what what, what did King Lemuel, Lemuel just write about? And then you get to verse 30. And then you see it in context. And he's saying, see, see, Proverbs began with the fear of the Lord in chapter 1, verse 7, when Solomon writes, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And it ends with the fear of the Lord, with this godly woman, this woman of God who's, who's submitted to God, who honors God, who has great reverence for God, who's in awe of God, who, who is uh, surrendered to God. And she fears the Lord. The Bible isn't saying there's anything wrong with charm and beauty. Those are, those are fine, but what's truly important is what really matters is does she have reverence for God Almighty? Is she in awe of Him? Is she surrendered and submitted to God? That's what matters. See, the godly woman doesn't fear God like the unbeliever, on the day of judgment because they'll stand judged and condemned for not believing. She fears God in a different way because she has such awe and honor and praise and reverence for Him, high regard for Him, such high esteem. She acknowledges He's sovereign, almighty God, creator. And I just revere Him because of who he is and what he's done for me. And he's blessed me with this family, and he's been so good for me, to me, and he's blessed me with salvation through Jesus. You want to be a virtuous woman? You learn to fear the Lord and be a virtuous woman by applying the wisdom that we find in the book of Proverbs. What does it mean to fear the Lord? It means living by this wisdom. It means that God has first place in your life. You honor Him, you respect Him, and recognize Him for who He is. 
and he has first place, and that means that that affects how you parent, how you're a mom, how you're a wife, how you serve, how you work in your job, everything that you do. It's, you're, you're marked by the characteristic of I have a reverence and fear and honor and respect for God. And that's how she lives her life. And when, and when she lives that way, if her children are thinking straight, if her husband's thinking straight, they rise up and call her blessed. And they praise her for who she is and all that she does. The Proverbs 31 woman is not only a Martha busy with service. She's also a Mary walking in fear and reverence toward God, worshiping him. And that affects her entire family. And as we said last week, a godly woman who teaches her children to be followers of Jesus literally changes the world. And all you got to do is look around and see we need more godly mamas to change the world. What an amazing and important position and role God has given women, godly women in the church. We need godly mothers and godly women. We want you to know this church is for you. And other women are for you. And women, you've got to have the kind of relationships where you love each other and support each other and and communicate with one another and spend time together. You're there for each other. You learn from one another so that you can continue what God would have us to do and perpetuate that for future generations. We thank God for the women here at this congregation and how godly you are and you strive to be And do all that God would have you to be and do. We want to encourage you. But maybe you need prayers and encouragement this morning. Maybe maybe things have been tough for you. Maybe you need somebody to get with you. You You need another woman to even pray with you. Whatever your need is, we want you to know that you have access to other godly women who can help you along the way. Don't suffer alone and don't don't be alone in your walk and your, your effort to be a godly woman. Maybe you need prayers for something else. Maybe you're ready to put on Christ in baptism, become a child of God today because you're realizing, man, I want to be a godly uh, uh, mom. I want to be a godly wife. I want to be a godly husband and father. I just want to, I just need to get right with God. And and I haven't submitted to him. I had surrendered to Jesus as my Lord. And I need to do that. Why would you put that off? Everything that's at stake is too important to put that off. If we can help you in any way this morning, we encourage you to come forward as we stand and sing.